Welcome back to Premier Sports Academy guest speaker series brought to you by Sportscraft Source for Sports. Perfect. And we are live again, guys. Um, episode number 17 today. I uh, hope everybody's doing well out there. And uh, today joining us from gorgeous Mount Pearl, Newfoundland and Labrador, um, Cole Tucker. So uh, I think this is a rare occasion where we've got three generations of Mount Pearl minor Blazers players on uh, the webcast here today. But Cole, I'm not going to get into the details of your baseball career and your accolades. So let everybody know if they don't already know you. Um, just a bit about your baseball resume. Yeah, so pretty much uh, I started baseball at a pretty early age. But I mean, growing up, as you guys know, I'm sure hockey is pretty, pretty, it, it's the thing here. And so I, I used to go back and forth from hockey and baseball. Um, but as I got older, I just baseball, I don't know what it was. It was just, I don't know if I was better at baseball than I was at hockey. But I just fell in love with it. I, you know, I really, I, you know, I, you know, me and my brother would, uh, I used to pitch a whole lot back in the day. So me and him, he's, he's a catcher. So I used to throw bullpens to him. And so, yeah, pretty much I just fell in love with baseball. Um, I, there wasn't one point or exact moment. It's just, you know, it kind of just happened. And so, yeah, growing up, I was a Mount Pearl Blazer, you know, wasn't a big fan of St. John's Capitals as you guys, <laughs> as you guys are probably uh, familiar with, but, but yeah. And so, um, I remember too, uh, it was the 2015 Team Newfoundland tryouts. Now, I remember I was so nervous for some reason to try out. And I was like, I thought it was a big deal. And then when I made that team, that's when I was like, okay, like I'm really going to, you know, commit myself to this sport. You know, I did. And so, you know, the next couple of years, I um, got recruited at Nationals my second year Bantam by uh, um, one of my biggest mentors, Alan Cox, who I've, you know, a lot of good stories with that, about that guy. But then, yeah, from dogs, I um, didn't have a lot of offers out of high school that I wanted. Uh, I committed to a, a pretty good, a really good top tier junior college. I went down there. Um, it was, it was uh, it's everything they say junior college is, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> that'd be a whole other podcast in itself. But, um, but no, I just kind of, you know, kept putting my head down. And then after my first year, I got some calls um, by Rob McCoy, Niagara University. And then, yeah, in a pretty brief scale, that, that's where I am now. I'm a, I'm a Niagara University Purple Eagle. Um, almost had a year under my belt there. <laughs> Only, uh, I think we had like 16 games or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's where I am. I'm home now and I'm here with you guys. And this in itself, like I said, like when I used to practice in my house or work out, I used to just imagine myself, you know, getting interviewed and, you know, what I would say and stuff. And here we are. I mean, this is pretty <laughs> cool for me too. <laughs> Yeah, and so we'll go back a little bit to the beginning. You talked about a little bit of, you know, getting recruited in your second-year Bantam when you were away playing, I guess, at U15s. Um, what was, I mean, for you at that time, you talked about that was a moment where you kind of realized, you know, you were good enough to play, you know, a little bit of extra baseball. You know, was that your first, was was that around your first trip going out of province as playing U15? You know, was Mount Pearl uh, winning any of the provincial championships when you were younger? No, we didn't. So traveling to Vaughan, Ontario is where the Nationals were that year. Uh, that was like my first baseball trip. So I remember uh, I made it as a first-year Bantam and a second. Uh, for anyone out there who doesn't know what that means, I just made it as like a little bit younger too. Um, and my first year there, you know, I got, you know, some a modest amount of playing time. wasn't a whole lot. But my second year, uh, I went there and – I'm sure you guys know, like when you go to these tournaments, you think of these like mainland teams, you're like, oh, like Alberta, Ontario, all these dudes, you think they're so much better than you. But, you know, 
uh, especially, you know, with some of the experience that I've had in my life, I realized Newfoundlanders, we do that to ourselves. Like, you know, there's people out there um, that we, they beat us before we even get to the field, you know, because we think that they're so much better than us. But, but no, second year Bantam, um, I went there and played really well and got recruited by Okotoks. And then, yeah, that's kind of where, you know, how that whole ball started getting rolling there for me. And that's a that's an important point you brought it up, and we've brought it up on here before. And yesterday with Jay Johnson, who's from New Brunswick, you know, New Brunswick's not particularly a big place, but it's the mentality of of how you go and away and compete. There's been plenty of people that have gone away and have have had individual success. It means you know, they stayed competitive within themselves, and they didn't let the you know what was happening on the field in terms of the team game impact their ability to be successful. Um, but there's been very few instances of the team, you know, teams being successful. And part of that is, you know, there, some of these provinces, of course, have better players and better teams. But there is a mindset philosophy there that, you know, a lot of times we're just beaten before we, we even leave the island. So, you know, going back to that point. So now you go your second year, you get recruited by the dogs. How did that make you feel? I mean, that's an important point for some of these kids out there to, you know, OK, I'm. I am this good now, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what that experience was like when you first got that call? Like, Hey, what do you think about coming out here to Okotoks? Yeah, well, it, uh, it worked a little bit differently for me. Um, it wasn't so much a call or any of that. So it kind of a funny story. So it was our sixth game of the tournament and we had played Alberta. It was like a consolation game. I forget our record exactly, but it was a meaningless game. We were actually playing Alberta and Alan Cox, the head coach of the dogs was the coach of the other team. So I had none of this in mind, none, none, none intentions. I just, you know, did what I did. I, had a, I played really well. I was like three for five, I believe. Um, hit a couple balls to the wall or whatnot. And after the game, um, my coach, Steve Donahue, hu huge mentor for me too also, um, Mount Pearl Blazer, um, he came up and, and talked to me and said, you know, this guy wants to talk to you in his hotel room tonight. You know, um, don't worry, like, you know, just be there and see what he has to say. So – yeah, that night it was me and another kid, Daniel Hogarth, a uh, good buddy of mine. He uh, who also had a phenomenal tournament. Um, he he played he played for CBS, yeah. And we went to this hotel room and pretty much were sat down. And you know, when I was as a 15 year old, you know, it's, it sounds like this guy's giving you the the, the moon, the stars, and uh, you know everything. And and I mean, he did um, pretty much you know laid it all out for us. How much scholarship they're going to give us, what they're going to provide, what they can do for us, because especially as a 15 year old. I mean, the biggest thing for me was it wasn't even uh, making the decision for myself. It was trying to explain to my mom what I, what I wanted to do. Right. Like as a 15 year old kid, but, but, uh, but no, yeah. So we went to his hotel room that night. They laid it all out for us and that was pretty much it. So, so that being a unique kind of story in itself, how that came about. So again, uh, you get kind of uh, scouted, recruited by Okotoks, you head out there and, Again, being being of high school age, um, what's that experience like? Is it kind of your first time being away from home for a long period of time, or was it kind of, uh, uh, hey, this is easy? What was that experience like, just on a personal level? Yeah, so um, it was tough. I remember we we uh, no, we flew up to Okotoks and said we'd we'd, we'd give it a look because at at this time, uh, those national tournaments are pretty late in the summer. So this was like all like boom, boom, boom. So we'd flown up uh, probably after a week or two after the tournament just to see what it was like. And Okotoks isn't a big town, pretty modest, but, you know, it was beautiful and I loved it. So I committed there 
and said, this is what I'm going to do. And it was, it was extremely hard. And, you know, I left all my friends, my family uh, from Newfoundland and was just thrown into this academy where you have kids from British Columbia, um, Sask, Manitoba, um, PEI. There's a lot of, a couple of East coast guys, um, my recruitment year. And then, yeah, it was thrown to the wolves. Like it was really hard, especially as a 15 year old. I mean, I'm lucky enough. I actually lived, lived with Alan Cox, the head coach there and another kid from um, Prince Edward Island. And, you know, we just become good friends and that whole program, um, you know, they are awesome. Everyone is super close there. The coaches are phenomenal. You know, they understand what kids are going through up there. And uh, there's a lot of stuff they do for, to accommodate us as, you know, 15 year olds without our families. So, you know, it, it was, it was a hard transition, but you know, I recommend it to anyone, you know, any, any kid that would be afraid of taking that chance. Um, no, like absolutely not. You would regret it later on if you don't. And so just kind of, you know, go back when you, you talked about, you got out there, you know, being thrown to the wolves a little bit. It's one thing to go away to a, a national tournament and have a moment of success. What was the acclimation period uh, like for you when you're 15? Now you're playing at that level all the time, right? It's not based on a random tournament. I mean, you're at that level now. How long did it take you to acclimate to that level of play? You clearly had the talent, but, you know, putting it together and, and being a consistent player at that level, what was that process like? Yeah, so for me, um, I've always – I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was – it's just how I've always been is, like, whether we're playing, like, basketball in front of the street, like – even. I guess it would be a, a competitor mentality. So like when I got there, like, yeah, I was nervous. I was scared, you know, all new, but like, I never for once thought that these guys are better than me. So I, like for me, it wasn't as much of a hard transition on the field than it was off on the field. I always just, you know, kind of stayed linear with my game. I never really changed a whole lot, you know, kept working hard on and off the field. And then that kind of just kept translating. I kept having success. Uh, you know, especially with baseball, you're going to, you're going to go down a little bit. You're going to go up a little bit, but you know, finding a, you know, a healthy medium, you know, that was always there for me, especially at a young age. So I didn't really have a hard and, transition. And did you, I mean, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the Okotoks. So the, the program, I mean, I know peripherally enough, but maybe you can get in, describe a little bit more. Is there a junior varsity team and a senior varsity team? Is it one team you know, where you're starting right away where you're a role player? What was, what was kind of like all of that like for you? Yeah, so the way their academy is set up, so you get there, there's a black, red, and when I got there, there was a white team, but um, they changed it. But uh, so when I got there, there was a red team. Uh, the black team would be like your, your varsity. Um, a lot of seniors, a lot of older guys committed. Um, then red would be like a lot of like grade 10s, like guys my age, some other older guys. And then white would be um, just guys that could, uh, weren't able to make um, the red team. So pretty much I got there and I was on red and, you know, still a lot of good talent there, right? Like the black team, I remember I got there and you, that's a great 10. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Clayton Keys. I remember looking at this dude, he was a senior. I was like, what are they feeding these people here? I mean, this dude was a monster. Um, but yeah, so then there's kind of that, that red, that JV and varsity level there. And you kind of got to compete and network each other there. And so how long, and you're, you're a middle infielder? Yeah, second base, third base. I did a little bit of both. Played some outfield in high school as well. Okay. Kind of wherever it how long, in the lineup. <laughs> how long did it take to make the jump to the to the we'll say the J, the varsity team for you? Was yeah, that so around my senior year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what was 
in terms of the competition of you played when you made that jump, I mean, what was the competition level like then when you make that jump? Like you talked about a lot of guys that are committed and stuff like that to schools. Yeah. For the, for the most part too, um, it's, you play the same, a lot of the same tournaments, but it's more so the travel around the U S so the black team will go on a little couple more tournaments. And there's, there's honestly not a big jump in competition that you play. It's just who you're playing with. And, and uh, I'm going to transition a little bit now, obviously. Um, so when you were at Okotoks, you also had the opportunity to represent Newfoundland at the uh, Canada games. So uh, the only other person that I remember doing that would have been Ryan, uh, who's here with us now. So what was that like? I mean, the thing is, you never had the opportunity to come back and kind of play with the team and that sort of thing. But like, what was that transition like? And how did Okotoks help you to get to Canada Games and perform at your best for Newfoundland, your home province? Yeah, well, for me, that was Canada Games was an awesome experience, um, you know, to begin with. And Pretty much for me, um, the way it prepared me the most was trying to explain to some of these people that, like, we're a really good team. Uh, it wasn't so much of, like, what I wanted to do on the field. It was, you know, us as a team getting some, you know, I think I played third base a lot of that tournament and just making plays over there and keeping everyone else modest. Because, uh, you know, like we talked about before, like, you know, Newfoundland beats themselves before we even get to the field. And, you know, that's one thing that I've always seen and I've always had an issue with. Um, so, yeah, pretty much it prepared me just – I don't know, by playing at that level, like making sure people know that we can. And I think, I think that you, you hit the nail right on the head, right? It's bringing your experience and bringing it back to the guys that were on your team for Canada games. I think, and that's the big thing that me and Ryan, obviously with premier sports Academy are trying to get across here is that anytime we get out on a field, whether we're representing team Newfoundland at U15, U17 or Canada games, it's just another game of ball. It's not worried about what's, what's across the field, who's across the field. And I, I love the fact that you went in there and took it as a leadership role. And uh, definitely uh, after talking to your coach, Steve Donahue, um, a lot of high praise for you as a leader. So what, what gave, was that something that you've always had is that leadership mentality or was that something you inherited? You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, I have a little brother. Uh, I would definitely say that has something to do with it. Although he might not see it sometimes, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know. I've just always, made sure people around, I, I try to make people as best as they can be. You know, um, that's just something I think I have inherited is just making sure and trying to get people, get the most out of people. And especially as Newfoundland baseball teams, like understanding that, you know, Ontario isn't as good as we think they are, that would help a lot of people out. And so I don't really think about it too much as a leadership thing, just like me trying to do my part. Like, you know, as a team, you know, you have leaders and whatnot, but I'm just trying to do my part and help others. That's about it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, there's there's levels to the sport, and, you know, a lot of kids aren't fortunate, we'll say, to get to go away, right? I mean, if, if your team's not winning the provincials, you don't get to go to the Atlantics, you don't get to go to nationals. So, you know, in a certain sense, it gets built up in your mind, the level of competition, and you basically underperform based, with, you know, based on the pressure and expectation. And what you find, and I'm sure you found this when you go away, is just here's the level that everyone's competing at elsewhere and there's people that go above it and those are the people that get drafted and go to high schools and stuff right they're the exceptions but they're not the rule and then what I, you know what i typically found is the people that are performing at the highest level in this province 
are on that par across the rest of the country. It's just there's more people at that level in the other provinces, right, where we're, we need to elevate the game as a whole. And sometimes that's just due to the mentality of the sport and, and you know, needing to develop it a little bit more. Can you speak a little bit to that as, you know, you were a great baseball player when you were growing up as a kid. But again, like talk about not that, you know, not that first round draft pick. You found like you were able to jump in on level and, you know, how reassuring that was when you got there. And you're like, okay, I fit, I belong. You know what I mean? That's, I don't need to be anything special. I just do my work and I can compete here. Right. Yeah. So to that point, I've always been a big advocate, like, and a lot of what happens in Newfoundland too, is I think, and is what I think is awesome about you guys' program is, you know, obviously a lot of a lot of things that go into being successful on the field is, you know, working out and training and whatnot. And Newfoundland doesn't have a whole lot of those programs or facilities. And I mean, remember as a kid, like I used to go um, the Capitol or the St. John's baseball organization used to put up these things in the uh, Technoplex. And I used to go down there once or twice a week. And it was like, that was like a, a heaven for me. Like, I mean, it was, there'd be 30 feet of snow on the ground and I was getting to hit inside. I mean, and for a lot of Newfoundlanders across the island, that's not a luxury we get to have. But also to that um, respect, if you want to be successful in the sport of baseball here in Newfoundland, it's never what you have, it's what you do. And I, I mean, I will always, I'll go to my grave saying that. I mean, you know, if, if you really want to be successful at, in this sport, you got to like, I remember I would have like a little hockey net downstairs. I hit it off the tee, you know, working on a fastball, running around second base, just you, doing it in my head. And, you know, all this stuff, it, it's cliche and I understand that, but it, it, there's a big truth to it, especially through my experiences I found. It's never what you have, it's what you do. And I mean, if you work hard towards anything, you'll, you'll get there. That's a great and, point. And that's the next thing I want to get into too. And you're going to, you're speaking right now to everybody here from Newfoundland. I mean, Ryan's over in Southlands. I'm over in Westminster. Where, you're probably, where are you in Mount Pearl right now? Uh, I, off Black Marsh. Okay. Okay. So again, we're, we're local. And the biggest thing that you said was it's the sacrifice. It's about no matter what you can get out and do something. And in particular, this opportunity right now that we all have to kind of be on par, we've said it with a couple of guests, is that right now for the first time in a long time, uh, Newfoundland is on par with every other province in terms of training and availability of facilities and all of that sort of stuff. So again, what I'm trying to get into here is the question of what sacrifices did you have to make? Again, uh, being a kid from Newfoundland, there's a lot of other stuff. You want to still be a kid. But what was it that really separated you from the pack to make you as good as you are? I would I'd probably work, definitely work ethic. I mean, I remember there'd be times like I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I live right next to a, a pond and I used to just go run around there. And like I never really knew at the time what it was doing for me. I just knew it was doing something. Or when me and my brother would go throw or take ground balls or I, I, was, I was at the age where I just knew it was doing something for me and I, it was helping me. And I just – so many hours just put like just just practicing doing what i can throwing a ball off a wall and catching it like you know nothing's too small where like everything everything builds up to something so no matter what it is whether it be something small like especially in these times people can attribute that like if you're not doing nothing that's not going to do anything even if it's doing something it's doing something so you know i sacrificed a lot of weekends a lot of uh traveling you know a lot just for baseball so you know it paid off yeah, and that's a, that's a really important point is, I mean, I think a lot of people are afraid to take that first step, right, if they don't have a path that's clearly defined for them. But as you just said, right, I mean, you didn't know what it was doing, and everything eventually led to something, right? It's performing well at that tournament led to Okotoks, you know, 
competing well at Okotoks led to your junior college experience, which I think is a good transition now is to jump into, you know, your first taste of playing, uh, you know, we call it after high school baseball. I mean, you know, uh, Okotoks is a high level, but when you step into college, right, you're, you're elevating that level again. So we've asked a few guests this that have been in your situation, um, you know, first, how did the Okotoks experience prepare you to play at college, you know, in terms of how it's structured? And then what was your feeling expectation when you jumped into your first year of college? How do you, how do you think you performed and, and you know, what was that like? Yeah. So one thing about Okotoks that's great is all their coaches have, have that experience. I mean, uh, I forgot to mention, like when I sat down with Alan Cox in Vaughn, Ontario, I'm sitting next to Lou Pote, a world series ring holder and Brad McInnes is one of the funniest guys and best guys on earth. So, you know, the, the experience is there and they understand what it takes to be successful in college. So when I was in high school, like the seven days a week, the morning workouts, the circuits, like I didn't see what they were doing. And like, there'd be times where I'm like, oh my God, like it's a Saturday. We don't have games this weekend. What are we doing with a practice at 8 a.m.? But all that stuff, like it, it just, it, Okotoks really puts you ahead of all the other freshmen coming into university or college. Like that's the one thing, like I had a, like a like a head start on everyone else coming into my college like because people had to adjust to the you know the six seven days a week practices the morning workouts when that was like i've been doing that for three years and i i tell people this at niagara all the time it feels like i've been in university for what it feels like eight years now because in okotoks you still have the the school work you got to do on top of missing so much school because we leave thursday wednesdays to travel out to kamloops british columbia or whatever so i've been dealing with you know, focusing on school and baseball forever. And that's the one thing that was really hard, especially going into college, um, was academically, was you're gone so much. And even in junior college, we had a 30, 40 game schedule in the fall, which was like mind blowing to me. Cause you know, as a kid, that's probably as many games as I'd get in two summers. So, yeah. but no, pretty much Okotoks really set me up to that, but it didn't set me up for what I <laughs> was like the running. <laughs> My junior college ran us to death and, uh, another thing about our, my junior college was the amount of like Latinos we had, like they, like, it was insane. Like, I guess we recruited heavily through like these, you know, third party recruiting things. I still don't understand how that all that works, but we're getting these 22, 23 year old Dominican guys that are, you know, next to me at third base, you don't speak a lick of English, but you know, that, that was just part of the journey. It's, it's fun with it. And, you know, I really say Okotoks helped me a lot as a freshman or a lot of we had, I think like nine freshmen quit my, uh, my freshman year at my junior college, but you know, you know, it all, it, it, it all paid off and it, it really prepared me for college. No, it's, it's a really good point. And, and I want to just walk, walk right into that too. I mean, a lot of people don't understand once again, uh, how rare it is. And I think your situation out of uh, everybody that we've had on, it's a rare situation where you go to a junior college. Usually um, it takes about two years, two years to get acclimated and to again, find that, find that four-year school that you really want to go to that really gives you that good offer. What was that decision like to leave junior college after one year? And of course, a great program in Niagara, great coaching staff, uh, Canadian connections up there as well. So what, what, what ultimately led to that decision to, you had still one more year of junior college eligibility left, um, but decided to go the four-year route into a great program at division one Niagara. Yeah, so I had I, I was talking to Niagara at a high school. Um, we had made a couple phone calls, me and Rob McCoy, um, texted back and forth and whatnot. But at the time, um, 
financially they they weren't really available to help me out a whole lot to get me into their program so I, I chose junior college route of course and then at the end of my junior college season pretty much it was the same thing it was you know financially niagara was prepared you know to help me out a little bit and it was probably my best option uh, i mean i could i would have loved to go back to my junior college if things would have worked out but you know they didn't so then it led me to niagara and so i mean for for i mean that is again we, we're talking about transitions and and jumps and, and elevation of baseball i mean in the last, I would say 10 years, but closer to 15, the Mac has, you know, raised its level of competition tremendously there. You know, a lot of those Northeastern United States schools, they're recruiting heavily from Canada and that's bolstered these rep programs in Canada, especially in the Southern Ontario region where they're just directly feeding the Mac. Can you talk about what it was like, you know, your first exposure to the Mac and now playing at that level of baseball? Yeah. So uh, walking in sophomore year, you know, I thought I was, you know, all good and whatnot because, you know, I, I'd acclimated myself at junior college. I was facing all these, you know, good guys that went on to good schools. But, um, no, like, I, mu- I really must say I, it wasn't what I expected. Um, and especially I think it was like 10 years ago around the time was when the NCAA said that you can only have 35 per roster. And that's what really helped, you know, the you know lower level conferences like the MAC to, you know, kind of compete more. And I, I do owe everything – all our success to our coach, Rob McCoy. He has a great philosophy on the mental game of baseball. And, you know, we do breathing routines before every practice, before every game. And really it was a whole, it was really different from my junior college, but at the same time, I had always had that in me. I was always jumping levels and, you know, kind of maintaining my, you know, linear path of just, you know, focusing on baseball, doing what I had to. And then it, you know, kept transitioning the field. So I didn't change anything. I didn't overthink it. Uh, I just kind of kept doing my thing. And so now, okay, so you're, I mean, we'll get to kind of the, the release from school and stuff in a little, in a little bit, but I mean, the season is just, just kicking off. I mean, what's the, what's the expectation uh, with the team this year? You know, how were you guys expected to compete? Um, you know, what was your role with the team? You know, talk just a little bit about what kind of situation you were in with Niagara, you know, at the start of the season. Yeah. So walking in the fall, um, I, I was, I was assuming I'd be playing third base, but they had a senior guy who had been there for four years. So that was tough. Um, you know, we had my exit meeting and he was pretty much saying like, look, like you're not a starter right now. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you won't be in the spring, this and that. So what I did, I just kept doing my thing. Um, my role on the team at the beginning of the year was I'd be the first pinch hitter, uh, out of, out of the um, dugout. I mean, I was never, never ever happy with that, but I never complained about it either. I mean, I think that's one thing I see a lot of teammates and friends that I have is they complain, they don't like where they're at. So they complain about it, but you know, I've never really done that. Even at Southeastern, I wasn't a starter uh, on opening day. And, you know, I just put another chip on my shoulder, you know, kid from Newfoundland, it's nothing new to me. So, um, but yeah, I kept, I got my at-bats a little bit, kept having really good at-bats and then by our Series against Washington State, I was uh, pretty much our everyday, everyday guy at second or third base, depending on if there was a lefty on the mound or not. And, um, yeah, I just kind of took it at bat at, by at bat. And, um, like, you spoke about it there, and I really want to get into the other side of the game, too, because um, what a, one of the big things, too, that really stood out to me when I actually went on Niagara's website and I read your bio one of the main things was academics was right in there in the bio. Usually it says like, I, I want to play in this conference or some guys are like, 
oh, I want to play baseball at the highest level. But for you, it was great programs, great academic programs. So again, just for all our listeners that are listening, all the younger kids here in Newfoundland and Labrador that may be watching with their parents, um, just emphasizing what that student athlete mix and how important that is um, if you want to pursue a, a career further than high school baseball. Yeah, like like I attribute a lot of that to my parents. They've always been big and heavy on me with academics. And also the older I get, like how you do anything is how you do everything, if that makes sense. So if, you know, the best baseball players I've ever met on the field are the best dudes off the field. They're the dudes with the high GPAs, you know, greatest dudes. Like, And if you really want to be successful in baseball, you've got to keep everything else in check or else, you know, once you fail, you, you won't know how to succeed with that. And it's just, it's just part of baseball. Baseball teaches you so much about life. And, you know, academically, as a kid, no matter how old you are, if you don't have that in check and, you know, prepared because, you know, baseball, I could tear my elbow tomorrow and baseball is not an option for me. I'll have to come home and go to school. I could, you know, tear my AC. Anything can happen in baseball. And there's too many of those stories of guys that happening who, you know, didn't take care of everything they had to off the field. So it's not even about academics. It's academics. It's keeping your room clean, like little things. And it's, but academics mainly. So, yeah. <laughs> and so you're at school. I mean, just uh, just to touch on a little bit, because it's not something we've talked a ton about with our viewers, the ones that have played collegiate sports. So what's, what are you majoring in? What, what are you shooting for? Uh, finance. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure um, my freshman year. And I was really nervous about that. But um, as I get a more of a feel for university and whatnot, you don't really need to to clear for anything until around your third year. So I was lucky enough. I uh, found a program. I really thought I'd enjoy my, yeah, this fall. And I looked into it a little bit more and declared for finance and I'm loving every bit of it. I actually, I'm writing a paper right now. So this is a nice little break for me to get away from that. So thank you. <laughs> and so what's the balance been like now? So you're in school and talk about it again. So, you know, you're, you're, you're balancing that, you know, your academics and, and your athletics. I mean, how does it, how does that work? I mean, for some of our listeners, how much leeway do you get from the school because you're an athlete and how much are, you know, expected to do a little bit more because you do have that privilege of being an athlete, you know, what's that line like? Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. If you want to be a student athlete, you better start to learn how to like doing homework at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, seven o'clock in the morning because that's about the only time you're going to be able to do it. And I mean, for a lot of people, they, they can't. And so then that's where their academics fail. But, um, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of leeway, like like you said. Um, I mean, there, there are cases where if, you know, say, for example, we're flying or on a bus for 13 hours, then professors will be like, OK, well, get it get it to me tomorrow. But other than that, it's not like you see in the movies where it's like, Oh, coach or professor, I got a game today. Like can I just not do this test. Like it's, it's just, it's a fairy tale. And um, if you do want to, you know, play at that level, you've got to learn how to do stuff you don't want to do. Like whether that be homework after a game or doing a test in a hotel room with a bunch of your guys with your coach monitoring, monitoring it, then, you know, that's what you got to do. Yeah, it all goes back to the grind, right? I mean, you, you said it best, and I think that was one of the best explanations of it all um, from all the guests that we've had on who've played collegiately and played professionally. I think uh, the point that you hit home on was the fact that uh, the way you do things on the field and off the field, it's all in, all in the same, right? If you have a really good work ethic, it's going to translate. So um, that's a great message for any of our athletes that are listening. So one thing I wanted to get into now is um, so – you're back home. I mean, uh, 
the season ends, the NCAA declares that there will be no college world series there. Uh, every conference is shut down. So walk us through what that was like and kind of the conversation that your coach had to have with you guys before all this went down. Yeah. So, um, ours more than anything was tough because we had actually just finished up a series against Boise state in Idaho. So that's about, excuse me, that's like Western that's in the West coast of the U S. And so we were flying to Virginia and we stopped in at Colorado. And that's when he first said, like he told us he, we had a team meeting and this is at the time um, our conference, the Mac had canceled all further games in March, just inside of March. So this was early March and he had, and you know, he told us this and of course everyone was upset, but you know, still hopeful for uh, the rest of the season. So, you know, the um, morale was down, but then we get on a plane from Colorado or Denver, wherever we were, and we land in Virginia and we had been on a plane for, I don't know, five hours. So uh, we weren't really too sure what was going on. We hadn't got any notifications. So, you know, we were just kind of going through a routine. We had another series against James Madison to play like in, in, the following day so we landed in virginia we're expecting to play james madison and we get a text from our coach in our group chat saying like you know meet up at whatever gate and he pretty much gave us the news he got notified before it hit the mainstream news or whatever he told us and you know it was just it was waterworks <laughs> like his seniors you know ripping that their last year of eligibility which they got back thank god but it was it was horrible you know guys were in tears guys were hugging each other you know, we were off to a really good start too. The team was just so close and it just felt like it was ripped away. Like my heart was just, just, oh, it was, it was a really, really bad feeling. And because then you don't know what's going to happen next. And it was just a tough way for us to find out too, getting off a plane from Idaho to Virginia, about to play another series. And then we we're on a bus back to Niagara. I have a plane ticket bought to Newfoundland and it was a really quick, turn of events and it was it was really hard to digest but yeah not a whole lot so of now quit. you're sorry now you're home right you're, you're just you're finishing up your quarantine here shortly we we're kind of talking off air you're out you know you're almost through your days but I, there's something we haven't talked about you made just a note of it there which is you seniors have their eligibility back this is a conversation i've been wanting to have with people and i'm, I'm glad you're on I don't think what people are thinking about now that seniors have their eligibility back and now you've got the next group of young kids coming up, teams are going to be very crowded this upcoming season, whenever that season starts. Have you thought about that yet? And what are you doing right now for yourself? Um, and this is a message I want all of our athletes to hear. You have to do something right now mentally to be prepared for the fact that the competition is going to be much stiffer coming into the next season based on the influx of new people and the fact that the seniors are staying around. Is there anything you're working on right now to get you prepared for that? Yeah. Well, like you said, like it's going to, you're going to walk in the fall and there's going to be 50 dudes. Like normally it's 35, 40, a couple guys get cut, but there's going to be a lot of dudes and there's nothing anyone can do about it. No one likes it, but you know, it's just the way it is. And for me, it's pretty much just going about the first thing I thought about was, how, like, you know, how am I going to be able to help these new kids coming in? Because especially, you know, if you're someone who was a catcher, like, for example, my brother, like what happens if they had a senior catcher graduating? Like, I was just thinking about how I'm going to help people out that way. But for me, pretty much it's working out, staying in shape. Um, you know, like you said, sacrifice, like going to run. Like people always think that quarantine is so bad and there's not a whole lot you can do. 
there's a lot you can do. You can work out every day. You can, you know, throw on get with a wall, but just, just doing something every day and working really hard to stay in shape, um, get pre- prepared for summer ball and then go into the fall, understanding that it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of challenges, especially as freshmen, you can have dudes that are there for five, possibly six years. Um, so you got to really get prepared, prepared for that. And that's, you know, something that's going to be new to everyone and you just have to deal with it. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the point, right? This is this whole situation. It's, it's something you just have to deal with it. And again, you brought up the point of how you do anything is, is how you do everything. So, I mean, you're, what, what are you hearing from, from school right now in terms of a potential timeline? Are they, is your coaching communication with you? I mean, is, are you, are you getting any feelers on maybe when, you, you know, you could be returning to school? Or do they have any information for you? No. So pretty much our school had extended their spring break originally to two weeks. And this is before it exploded. And they were pretty much like, okay, well, we'll see um, what happens after the two weeks. But then they came out and declared that after the two weeks, it's going to be online for the rest of the semester. So all my classes are online. Um, you know, I have no need to go back there. Although one issue is I, I'm my apartment and stuff is there with all my stuff. I'm not too sure what I'm going to do there. But other than that, no, I mean, it's looking like we're going to be back in the fall if all things, you know, stay steady and hopefully get better. But um, there's really no point. Like we, we're not allowed to practice as a team or nothing. No one is. So everyone's pretty much just home, staying safe, doing the world, doing the world a favor and uh, doing homework online. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you uh, touched on it a little bit there. You talked about summer ball. We had the conversation um, just prior to going live here about where you're going to be playing summer ball. So I've had experience in that league, and now I, want, uh, I just want uh, you to let everybody know where you're, where you're heading to play and uh, what you're expecting out of that experience. It's going to be a competitive league this year out there because, once again, these seniors have their eligibility back. So, again, just let everybody know where you're going. Yeah, so um, I signed my contract with Medicine Hat Mavericks, um, their team in the Wimble. Well, I think they changed that name, didn't they? It's like WCBL. A, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call it the Wimble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're in the Wimble, and it's out in Medicine Hat, Alberta, which is about an hour and a half, hour and a half two hours south of Okotoks. So it, it's a really good league out there. Um, I'm really excited for that. And I, I know a lot of people in the league, so I'm really looking forward to getting in there. Especially yeah, when I mean, over, I'm going to be you know, cabin fever, wanting to get out there more than ever. <laughs> no, and sure. And, and you talked about it when we were offline as well. You said, you know, a lot of people out there. Can you go just kind of uh, talk to some of the viewers about why you chose that league and some of the other leagues you might have been considering as well? Just letting people know about these other avenues of baseball out there. It's very important, right? I mean, we're trying to expose as many people as we can to the fact that there are many different levels of baseball. Uh, of various levels of competition all across the country. So just kind of let everyone know the, the, you know, some of the summer balls you've played before, what you were considering and why you chose that league that you're in now. Yeah. So last summer I played in the Florida Gulf coast league, which is down in Florida, which was an awesome experience, but I told myself I'd never really go back to um, Florida again for summer ball because you'll die of heat stroke. But, uh, <laughs> but I had a couple leagues. I had, I had a couple options, the New York league, that's not how you pronounce it, but there, there was a league in New York. It had the uh, Niagara Power, um, the Perfect Game League, and a league in um, – what state was that in? 
Anyway, <laughs> but I had, a, I had a couple options, but at the end of the day, um, Alberta is, is kind of like a second home to me now. I mean, I have a billet family up there that treated me great for two years um, because I had switched after grade 10. Uh, so I have a billet family up there that they actually came down and watched a couple of our games in Washington. You know, I see them, you know, about once a year and they, they really are family to me. They took care of me. So uh, I'll be close to them, see them on weekends, maybe. Um, my brother's up there too. And pretty much just get back in Canada. Um, you know, I love the U.S. for baseball and whatnot, but, you know, you don't, you don't have to be down there for summer ball if, if you don't want to. And another thing for a lot of high school kids is if you really wanted to play a higher level of baseball, you can sign up for these college summer leagues. You don't have to be in college to play in some of these leagues. You can, you know, sign up. If they have a fee, pay the fee. Some teams don't. Some teams will fly you in if they really want you. So, I mean, that's an option for a lot of people that they may not know about is, you know, playing in these leagues over the summer where you can get a lot of games in, like a lot of games. I mean, the Northwoods itself and Cape Cod, I think just extended like 65, like yeah. in two months. That's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and you brought up a great point too. I mean, for, and I want to get into just the experiences and for myself, when I played in the Wimble, I played in Weyburn, a very, very small town, not as big as Med Hat at all. So um, it was mainly for me going out and getting those different experiences. It was kind of breaking the comfort zone, being with a different group of teammates, being with a different coach, seeing some different philosophies and that sort of thing. And how important has that been for you and your baseball career so far? I mean, we're not near the end of your baseball career yet, but what have those experiences done for you, not only as a baseball player, but as a person? They, they've done me wonders. I mean, um, my, my people, like, I, I just love going to a new team, meeting new people. It's the best thing about it. I mean, um, I, I have people, I have friends all over. If we're in a new state, especially going from Okotoks, where you guys are all in a hub, then disperse, and then going to a junior college where it's, it does the same thing. I mean, I could be in any given state and know two or three buddies that go to school down the road. It, it's it's kind of weird, actually. Uh, you just have so many friends all over. And for me, that'd probably be the biggest thing. I mean, it's just meeting these crazy people and these crazy experiences. Um, as, as a person, I mean, I just, I feel like I can talk to anyone and, you know, not be concerned. Cause you know, as a 15 year old, I was talking to all these, you know, random people I've never met before, but um, definitely meeting new people from all over has been the best part. Yeah. And so you're, so again, staying now with, with this, you know, the experience you're signing up for your summer ball. Um, do you have any expectations for yourself? Are there some things you're working on? You know, we had uh, Philippe Amont was on the other day. who just got another contract with the Blue Jays. And one of the things he was talking about with spring training, as an example, is there's a certain amount of compete you're expected to do when you go down there. Um, but a big part of it is is working on your game. I mean, when you're going out to this league, how are you approaching it in your mind? Are you going out there and say, okay, I'm working on the ball the other way. I'm not so worried about my average this summer. I, I want to make sure I can inside out that pitch. I want to make sure I can go get that outside pitch. Or, you know, are you, are you approaching it that way where you're working on specifics and not just trying to pad your stats? Um, well, one thing I would definitely say I'm working on is feeling my defense. Um, not that it's been an issue, but it's definitely been a liability for my game. Um, so taking a lot of reps, I mean, that would just be my biggest thing, but just to go in for that last summer, I had a couple of issues. I, I had issue because for me, when I get on the baseball field, I've always had the, like, if you take care of winning, winning will take care of everything else. I mean, uh, I, my junior college used to say it best. Like he said, like, if you go out there, hit a single up the middle of the first game, but then bunt someone over and then strike it, like you're one for three, 
like winning takes care of everything else in baseball. And for me, that's one thing that I've always held really strongly is like just trying to win. And so I had, I had a lot of issues with a lot of people and people had issues with me because I'd be down at summer ball and these people would be taking their reps. Running. And it's partly on me because I was a freshman. I wasn't, I was, I was crude. I, I didn't understand. I was arrogant, but, um, but no, I'm going to medicine hat. I want to win a Wimble championship. I want to beat the crap out of Okotoks, Edmonton. Um, for me, that'd be my biggest thing is wanting to win it. Um, but at the same time, um, understanding that, you know, people are there to get better and, uh, I wanted to get better on my defense as well. <laughs> no, and you know what? And that's and that's a good point too, right? I mean, you you also want to make sure that you stay sharp, at least you know mentally. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, it's one thing to you know get reps in, but it's another thing. I mean, if you let that competitive edge go, sometimes it can be hard to reestablish that as well. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, yeah. I mean, like again with summer ball, I like I like your mentality. I like the compete that you have, and um, definitely when. And for a lot of a lot of our athletes here in Newfoundland and Labrador that don't get the exposure that they want or necessarily go out and get, um, like how important is it for them to now just research these leagues? I mean, you got the Wimble or the WCBL, the the Jayhawk League, the Prospect League, the Perfect Game, the Florida League. Um, I also participate in the Midwest Collegiate League. Um, You've got all these leagues out there that, like you said, do accept high school talent. I remember there was a couple of high school guys on uh, the team I played in in Chicago, and we were in a collegiate league down there. So one second, guys. Just getting Cole back in here. But, yeah, so how how important is it for you to get that message across to them to start researching now and start looking into these leagues and what these leagues can provide you? Yeah, well, I mean, these leagues do a lot for you. I mean, if you play any given – any one of these given summer ball teams, they have an assistant coach that coaches for a league and everyone that you will be. And even if there's no one in the stands watching the games, someone's always watching, whether it be your coach who knows a coach down in Kansas, who's taking, who's coaching a community college. I mean, that's how all this thing, all these things work is just someone knowing someone. And then you just get in that chance, whether it be having a good game, um, you know, feel making a really nice play. It's just how it all works. But I mean, one thing for two for Newfoundlanders is it, it doesn't have to be these leagues. I mean, I remember I was a kid, like there's all these programs that you can sign up for, like NCSA, where it's like it's free for the first three months. Like it's crazy. Like there's so much that you can be doing that I think if people really wanted to do, they do because I know a lot of kids my age didn't. And I mean, I was scouring the internet just looking for ways to, you know, a, a collegiate league to stumble across Cole Tucker from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland and Labrador. And there's all these things you can do. I mean, field level, uh, NCSA, like all these things, I mean, they work, they, they do help people get, get noticed. And I mean, especially from Newfoundland, that's, that's what you want to do. Yeah. And we've, we've had that conversation now with a few people, you know, I mean, Noah and I are a few years older than you, but the gap is enough that the technology was even still like, I mean, you had to Noah talked about recording <laughs> videotapes and, and literally physical videotape, you probably don't even know what they look like. <laughs> and we're not even that much older than you. And he was literally mailing them to mailing. like it was a like it was a rap demo or something. Um, but I mean, but now, I mean, just the access everybody has. I mean, everyone can have their own Twitter account, their own IG account, and you can be putting up your own stuff. Right. I and mean, it'd take you 30 minutes to make your own video. Here's my exit below. Here's my throw below. Here's my 60 yard dash or my 90 foot run. You know what I mean, I bench 220. Like anyone can throw that stuff up in a video clip pretty easily and, you know, help themselves get noticed. So, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and that's kind of what I want to transition into now, you know, just as we start to wrap it up a little bit. 
is for you, you know, you, you're obviously a young man that has, you know, you're not afraid to put in that extra work and that's developed you to the point where you're now an NCAA Division One athlete. You know, what kind of message can you part to some, some of these younger kids that we have that are just coming behind you that are looking for that path? What, what can they be doing right now, in your opinion, to help them get where you are right now? A lot of people see you and they, they want to follow in your footsteps. What, what advice can you give them? Yeah, like just don't be scared. Like I remember uh, as a kid, I used to, you know, people would ask me, and I used to be afraid to say that I wanted to play in the major leagues or, you know, go to school. Like I was just, because being from Newfoundland, like it wasn't really a thing. But, you know, you really just got to put an endless amount of work. I mean, there's never too much work you can be doing. Then there's always something that you can be improving on, especially from Newfoundland. Like there's people out there doing twice as much as you. So you got to figure out ways to just do it. And a lot of it, it's going to come down to you. And, you know, it's not what you got, it's what you do. And there's so much truth behind that. Like, you just, you really got to work as hard as you can and then work beyond that because there's people out there doing twice as much. And I can guarantee you that there's people with nicer facilities working harder than you to get that scholarship or, you know, to get that spot on the black team. Like, and you just got to put all that beside you and not worry about it and just, you know, kind of take care of what you can improve on. That's a great message. And the big one for me is what, what is one message in particular that you can, you've got the heirs of all the athletes that kind of train with us at Premier Sports Academy, kids from CBS, uh, Mount Pearl, St. John's, um, as far away as like CBN that train at our facility right now. And it's the same kids that you probably remember coaching if you were ever involved in the Mount Pearl minor program doing T-ball. Um, but what, what's one message that you have to deliver to them right now while you have their ear? <sighs> one message to say, <laughs> like, it's not, not that it's, I want to say like, it's not impossible. Cause like, that's, it, it's so, it's so doable, especially being from here. I mean, it's, it's not like if you really do and put in the work, I mean, working at your guys' facilities, I mean, like that would, that would have been awesome for me to have. And I mean, I would have been in there like a lab rat and it's want, it's knowing and wanting what you want out of the sport. And I think that's the biggest thing is just understanding that it's going to be hard and it's going to be a really long ride and you're going to have ups and downs, but you know, the feeling you get after four for four game will, you know, triumph any of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. There, there's not one message. That's kind of tough. I mean, I don't really have anything too much on the spot, but just, <laughs> You got you to gotta work really hard <laughs> Yeah. at the end of the day. That's pretty much it. No, you know what, Cole? I think that's, a, that's probably a great place to leave it. I mean, we, uh, we, we're, we're just you know, so happy that you're able to join us today because I think you're a, a really good example for some of these young kids coming up is that is, it's the work that you put in. You, you know, you're saying all of the right things that's you know, it's ultimately going to lead you, to, you know, into being successful, you know, not only now, but in the future as far as you can take the sport of baseball. So we appreciate your time today. Um, whenever you're ready to check out the facility when your quarantine is over and all this madness is done, you let us know and we'll get you in and we'll take care of you. And, uh, you know, be safe and uh, best of luck with, uh, with school next year whenever it starts. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it a lot for having me on, and I'll email you guys my number, and we can definitely come over there and, you know, see the facilities, check it all out. So thank you. I appreciate it again. Definitely. Awesome. Anytime, take man. Care. All right, have take a good care, one. Guys. All right. See you guys. See ya.